It is time to tune up the band and... Guys, you know I've already done it once before with WrestleMania season, but I feel now is the time to like rehash another one of these intros. With your permission, am I allowed to do it? If you want, if you want I can break into my best needle drop impression. Go on. <laughs> oh, whoa! WrestleMania! <laughs> there oh. is another, there we go. another edition of the Sweet Chewwag podcast. I am the internet's busiest music nerd, Rantony, yeah. Rantony Savage Tano. No, Infinite Wag Tano. <laughs> Joined as ever by Dan and Reardon as we continue our journey through the wacky world of professional wrestling. It's already gone off the rails, everybody. How are oh, we yeah. doing? It was this, never this, on the fucking rails when we were doing is, this as a topic. This is going to be... Oh, man, this is going to be so interesting. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, excited. You exci- are you excited for this one for being such a different review from you? Uh, this, <laughs> this, this, this is going to be... Uh, you're in for a treat, guys. You are in for a treat with this one. I can feel it. I can feel it. The thing is, right, in my head... um. I get the feeling we're probably all going to have the same favorite song, but for like all very different reasons. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I actually don't know. I think there's we'll going to be a dark we'll horse see. here. We'll see. We're going to have to see. <laughs> oh, this one's going to be far too good. Um, apart from that, though, chaps, apart from all of that, how have you been doing this week? Surviving. It has been a, it's been a pretty good... I have actually managed to have a good night's sleep consistently for a week. What is happening? Hell yeah. Get that sleep. Sleep is important, people. Sleep, sleep is for is the weak and for editors, apparently. Shut, <laughs> well, lack shut, of sleep. Shut, no, lack of sleep. Shut your mouth. Lack shut of, up. Lack of sleep is for editors. You know what I'm talking about, Red? <laughs> I, I want you to strip that from the record. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll play the fifth, sixth, and seventh. <laughs> <laughs> we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at soundcloud spotify google podcasts apple podcasts and forever pending other platforms including the uk top 40 music charts indeed <laughs> of which you can find our top 40 song always be pending is it like a boys to men ballad? The worst I, part is that we actually—I legitimately think that's in within our power. I legitimately oh, yeah. think that is within our power. I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought you were going to say the top forty pending moments, and I was like, I—I'm—I don't know what that would look like. I—I—that's just a way. That's just a cue. Yeah, that's just yeah. a cue. Dan. It's like you're just telling someone to wait. <laughs> Cashier number five, please. <laughs> So, before we collectively lose our minds <laughs> from reviewing WrestleMania the album, it is time to pay a visit to Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 down. Wrestling news. Whoa. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was pretty tight. That was yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, I quite like that. A little warmth into the voice. Uh, obviously, I want to start this off by saying a um, huge amount of respect um, and sending all our love over to the family of Scott Hall right now. Yeah. Um, absolutely you no know, horrible news to hear. Um, you know, knowing that uh, the kind of things that he had to deal with for such a long time um, and though sadly catching up with him obviously will be very, very fondly remembered by the wrestling world. Um, all the stories that come out about him just paint a real picture of who he was as a person and really the person that he could have been if he didn't have to go through those struggles. Just the coolest guy in wrestling. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. the character... Like, like 
Razor Ramon, when you really sit and think about it, probably one of the coolest gimmicks in WWF. <laughs> it is, and Scott Hall pulled it to perfection. Really I tell did. you, for a cinephile, he made the careers not only himself, ripping off Tony Montana, but he but he made the career of Sting from ripping off The Crow. <laughs> he did. The guy knew the business. He also knew that Vince doesn't watch films. <laughs> 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 that it's is true. true. That is true. Um, despite <laughs> the fact that Vince has got a record of saying we make movies. <laughs> oh man, no, uh, this it's it was it's heartbreaking, and it was something that came out of nowhere uh, earlier in the week. Yeah. Like from one moment we heard that Scott was in hospital, and then the next day, holy crud, Scott's Scott's not going to make it, and it's like whole the, the whiplash of that from the news was just that was that was the that was the hardest part for me mm-hmm. but man the love and outpouring of every single person was like you know what you know all being said despite what everyone anyone would probably think of scott and maybe some of his actions in the ring with the click and all of that all of that brushed aside scott was fucking cool and i'm so honestly it's just happy to know that scott actually was able to get the help he needed um, with DD get you know, getting the help with DDP and turned his life around before all of this. I, that's the thing I'm happy about that. This it's just not, an, it's not another, it's not another heartbreaking one of the guys in his era. Yeah. But still, it just sucks, man. Cause he was it really, it's, it he really was only 62. Suck. Yeah, he is. He is. Oh Yeah. Yeah, like that's the thing though. It paints such a picture of you know the time and the generation. Yeah, exactly. Like he is only a couple of years older than my dad, which is terrifying. Mm. You know the thing, like all the stories about people going through about working three hundred plus days a year. You know, it's it's insane, really. Say what you will, as well. He's probably him and Kevin, probably two of the smartest guys of the business. Oh, in terms absolutely. of how we, hashing out a deal and knowing what to do and knowing your worth, God, those yeah. two were the they smartest knew, they people. Knew what, they knew what they were about and they knew they, they knew their rights and absolutely use it to full force. That's the that's worker power. <laughs> and also, I've been going back to watch some of the kind of like the interviews he's done. God, he must be the best shit stirrer in wrestling. <laughs> oh, I don't care that that one story about. Um, hey, what's your finisher so I know to kick out of it? It's just, <laughs> oh, yeah, when he went that's to... Just cer- that's just certified. I don't care. I love it. What he do went... you do in that situation? <laughs> I love it. He went to... That's the one with Bubba, wasn't it? He said, you finished the 3D? Oh, I can't wait to kick out of that. And Bubba was shit scared <laughs> after that. God damn it, Scott. <laughs> that and the one time he appeared in ECW with the Fugees as his music. That's oh, coming out to Ready or Not by the Fugees, yes. Yeah, that, that's just certified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Still makes me laugh that he faced a big Sally Graziano, though, in that match. <laughs> I don't care, man. I just, I'll just watch the entrance. It's fine. Exactly. Oh, man. Rest in peace, the bad guy. Gone in far peace. too soon, if you ask me. All I'm saying is, Dan, thank you for getting me the Scott Hall pin. Dude, it is absolutely fine. <laughs> Massively appreciated. But um, one more for the bad guy. 
absolutely. And did I get toothpicks the other day? Mostly because I had some food stuck in my teeth. But now I've just been like, I've been. I'm not gonna lie. I've been looking in the mirror going, "Sir, Harlotto, the bad guy." <laughs> it's like it's like a really random thing. But like when I when I found out the news, I was like, "I'm gonna put on the brightest shirt to wear to work today." Yeah, <laughs> as you should. Ah, uh, ah. Oh. But yeah, um, with that, we got some more news as well. We got some surprising news, actually, didn't we? (laughs) Surprising, I think, is a bit of an understatement, mate. (laughs) Well, I'm going to report this as it goes, because, again, I'm going to cover my own tracks here by saying, (coughs) technically, this person hasn't been seen yet, but apparently Cody Rhodes has signed with WWE. According to multiple news sources, so I guess it's the biggest grain of salt that we could possibly have because you know what sources can be like. Yeah, so like, this is the the assumption I'm working on. Obviously he hasn't been seen yet. Um, Just because I want a chance to get get it over, um, I'm going to rehash a thing I had from a conversation I was having with some friends of mine, which is adrenaline in my soul. Veer is here, not Cody Rhodes. <laughs> um, because again, we keep hearing that Cody Rhodes is going to appear and hasn't. So unless he's making his appearance at Mania or just before Mania. Seth Rollins versus Veer Mahan. Look, right. I just, I just want Veer to arrive at this point. Like just get to your destination, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my guy's on like my guy's on like version one ways <laughs> like v version one version 0.01 apple maps where it's like taking him through an ocean <laughs> oh my goodness you know what it'll be it'll be a backstage promo won't it with him like having a mcdonald's going hey guys what did i miss <laughs> something like that i don't know i mean like look <clears throat> there's a lot of weird i mean i'm just gonna say this the entire situation around cody Rhodes is like spawned a whole weird world of discourse you know what it reminds me of it's a cottage industry oh gosh oh god yeah absolutely you know what this reminds me of when someone put up brought it up i was like you know what that is a perfect comparison to this cody and jeff jarrett their careers are very very similar in the sense of jeff constantly jumped from wcw to wwe king in the mountain exactly Exactly. And Cody seems to be following a very similar trajectory, if you ask me, to that of I mean, Jeff's like, career. The, like the, thing, the thing I'm going to say is, I, I need people to stop with the absolutely brain-dead takes for a second. Because there's I, my, my favourite one is people being like, well, I'm sorry Cody wants to provide for his family. This is Cody what? fucking Rhodes. What? Cody's got it night. I'm like, this guy already has the money. He's fine on that front, and I'm saying that I think this is a people. I think people genuinely believe that he's going to WWE to take a payday. Yeah, uh, I've got, all I'm going to say is he's the king of Georgia he, for crying out loud. He, he, and I cannot emphasize this enough. He owned a company. Yeah, exactly. What, what like, what? Uh, like, and that's why my favorite thing is people there being like, "Oh yes, Cody Rhodes really needs that help and support right now financially." <laughs> I think he's doing just fine. Do you think <laughs> now the thoughts come into my head of saying he's the king of Georgia? Really? Do you think he? Do you think he left, went to Stanford whilst listening to Midnight Train to Georgia? <laughs> oh, probably. It's just probably. just Cody's on the Cody's on the on the play going on that Midnight Train to Georgia, Georgia. <laughs> just yeah, no, I could see that. I could see that. 
I don't care though. In my head, I still like. I was so banked on the idea of Cody Rhodes running for state governor. Same. Yeah, same. I'm actually a little disappointed. <laughs> Come on, I was full. I was hey, hoping for like, him to go look, full right, Homelander. If he's, going, if he's going, if he's going to WWE, like you know, fine, cool, cool, yeah. Um, honestly, my main things I would say are, I mean cool i don't know if there's anything i'd be excited about i'm fucking <coughs> petrified for cody if i'm honest I, but, like, but like also though right let's just say that this is like a promotional thing right mm. yeah. this has been the most lukewarm mania build-up ever oh yes. yeah yo yeah like at this point i feel like i don't even know what 99 percent of the matches on the card are, or if there's even a card decided that's a good yeah. Point. I legitimately don't know if there is a card decided. And Mania's in two weeks. <laughs> we've got the tag we've got the tag matches, we've got the women's matches, we've got the the big old main event, and we've got, got Kevin the two, Owens, got... the KO show, uh, Pat McAfee. Like, the, the two celebrity matches or whatever they're doing. Oh god, yeah, Logan Paul and Johnny Knoxville. Which from what I've heard, Sammy did say uh, is that Johnny was that it was not Johnny was never meant to be at WrestleMania, but because of the the, the amazing reception he got, <laughs> he keeps getting. <laughs> he made it a Mania match. I I don't know if that's a, if that's a, a really telling indictment on your company that Johnny Knoxville is the most over guy bring, in the company. You bring in Johnny Knoxville, and people are like we want more Johnny Knoxville and not your own people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I love Johnny Knoxville. Yes, like. I know, I know. In my head, I shouldn't enjoy Jackass. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I, but I, God, but I do oh, on a deep and spiritual level. Listen, listen, listen. I cannot believe I'm saying this on record, but <laughs> Jackass, the Jackass, in specifically the movies in particular, they hold up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't See, like. He, I he, can't. Here's what I said, right? And here's a here's a really lovely word for people here. Jackass is the absolute embodiment of the zeitgeist of the late 90s to early 2000s crossover, and yet somehow it's timeless. Correct, correct, correct. I, I, I legitimately... It is, God, I, it is the I, Citizen Kane of millennials, is what Jackass the movie is. No, no, <laughs> but I am, I am, like, considering I actually re-watched them not that long ago, mm. like... I have to, I have to like put stick my neck out for them. Like they no, hold up, they and they are very good. Yep. <laughs> but um, yes. As for as for Cody Rhodes, when I when this came out, like assuming it's true, that's because you know you know what these things are like. Yeah. But assuming it's true, my answer has legitimately be, but, but why though? No, no. That, but that that's genuinely how I feel. I'm like at this point, why? I feel what what is there to gain from what I've heard yeah. and from what uh, Kenny uh, said um, on the Wrestling Observer Radio uh, when he had a chat with yeah. um, with old Davy Meltman. Um, yeah. I can't shake the feeling that Cody wanted to make it a Wednesday a, a proper war with 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 WWE and AEW, and then somewhere along the lines, kind of. Got that got kind of lost, and well, the kind of proper, well, the kind of the sensible business mind of let's make a wrestling product that is wholly different, but not looking to to take over or you know to run WWE out of business. I think Cody might have got a little bit iffy about it. Well, yeah, but like I understand, like I understand the model of direct competition, right? Mm. 
Yes. But you have to understand the whole thing of like WWE has been a functional monopoly. Shout out to the MLW uh, court case. <laughs> <laughs> Which to be fair, I can I can mention here because of the public documents that said that um, WWE cited a 30 minute time period where they were losing in TV ratings to AEW as proof they're not a monopoly. <laughs> so we just that's, say, that's oh, it, fuck off. That's 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 that's, uh, that's incredible. What but, an incredible um, argument. But um, no. Um, I get like, I get the thing of direct competition. I get the thing of like you know, renew the whole Monday Wednesday night war thing and whatever. Mm. But the thing is though is that I I genuinely think people just want an alternative. Exactly. Because, hmm. like, I know obviously there are, like, aspects to WWE and WCW which were, you know, in a sense, different. Hmm. But, like, in a way, they were kind of fundamentally promoting the same idea. Exactly. Like, you can you can argue, like, WCW Cruiserweights and the Southern-style wrestling aspect of it. Hmm. <laughs> but, like, by, like, by, like, by 98, 99, they're pretty much doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Which is embracing the whole wrestling equals counterculture thing. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I, I understand why someone might not want to do that. I mean, especially, I imagine, surely Cody saw the death of TNA. <laughs> yeah. Of when they tried to compete on Mondays, and, like, TNA at the time was doing, like, a 1.09. Call. Any company would dream. standards is like really, really good. <laughs> I was gonna say any company would dream of that right now. <laughs> um, and then they like, thought how like turning, moving TNA Impact to like a Monday just fucking demolished it and like turned it into just a hellscape. Mm-hmm. I pitch again. It's I... the thing I'm petrified for Cody because I think Dutch Mantel, believe it or not, I think hit the nail on the head. There may be a, there may be a very you know two different timelines for Cody. The first timeline is that he comes back well two well they both start the same. He comes back at WrestleMania, big ovation, big hoopla about it, and it's oh my goodness Cody's back. Oh my goodness, it's one of the EVPs of AEW that has come back to WWE. It's going to be big big news surrounding that. Two ways he can go about it. One. They go against the buck of what they usually do, and Cody is now positioned as a legitimate main eventer, as a way of being able to kind of, not only kind of push a new star into the main event, but as a way of kind of, like a slight, you know, punch against AEW. Or, Co there will be hype, two weeks later, it will fizzle out, and six weeks later, Cody's in the mid-card, not doing anything. <coughs> No, which one I believe will happen. Because it, it's actually an interesting observation. I've seen a couple of people make it. But that in AEW, he was the veteran. Mm. In WWE, he's actually not. Yeah. Because mm. he's, he's a year younger than, I think, Damien Priest. Yep. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, like, you know, you think about that in a contextual thing as well. Like, WWE is a very top-heavy company. In terms of age, mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't know if that might cause some issues as well. But I, I, I really feel like it will be a 
it'll be like a two, three weeks of hype, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, cool, yeah, the attraction of Cody being his worn off now. Do you honestly think, though, that Vince... is? Did... I'm going to say the question now. Do you think Vince is going to get his revenge? I... Mm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. There's so many. There's so many unknowns with this. There's so many unknowns with this. Vince but has I... been known to be incredibly petty. We all that know is... this. No, that's Just true. This. But the fact that he's so senile right now, do you think he would? He would go as far as to do something ridiculous. He'll bring back Stardust, won't he? Well, I, I mean, that I mean, was going to be the thing I was going to say. Like, I does mean, he bring back Stardust? I, I mean, like, cry in his sleep again. Listen, like, it would be a bad move, a terrible move. A it'd petty be one of the worst. Move. It'd be a petty, terrible move that would go down as another horrific WWE decision. I, however, would pop massively for it because <laughs> I am just like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, I don't know about. <clears throat> I really think they try and do the whole. Hey, look, Cody Rhodes is back. Let's get like a really big push going. We can set up a storyline, probably with Roman. Yeah, you know, they'll do that. They'll do the thing with Seth Rollins, and then be like, "Oh, look, he's he's like a main eventer now." See, look, he beat Seth Rollins, and then they'll do like a whole hoopla thing, and it'll be like, you know battle of like the family dynasties or something you know or the Rhodes versus the anawaii family and when you think about it this all won't matter the tribal tribal chief and the bloodline versus the Rhodes family and then like they'll do the whole thing they'll probably go to a big match probably it i mean ideally it would go to the next mania but the next mania um we're expecting the rock exactly all of this is all of a moot point because they're all it's just leading to the rock Let's, let's say that hypothetically it takes place at SummerSlam because mm. that's apparently WWE's second biggest show of the year. <laughs> let's apparently. say it takes place there. <laughs> Chances are they're going to be there and they're going to want Roman to get to the end and get to Mania, you know, do the whole like, oh, he's coming up on San Martino and then like just beat Cody and then we'll just be like okay well that was all for nothing I know it's fine I'm gonna put my chips on <laughs> yeah see you know I, I feel like I feel like I'm being incredibly jaded right now but I feel no like no I'm sorry I'm sorry but on this one like but like I feel like WWE's programming has made me this jaded yeah and that's nothing it, and, and here's the thing it's not a jab at Roman because it's either mm. It's either swerve for the sake of a swerve. And like, look, there's like infinite amount of voices could go. And we could have it like, oh, fucking someone hits Roman with a chair. And then Cody picks up the pin. Cody's your WWE champion. Mm. But like, I don't see them doing that. No. You know, WWE's on the whole thing about like, we don't care about wrestling. We care about like the story and the drama. And I'm like, okay, but where is it in your content? <sighs> <laughs> Like, what do I have to get invested in? Mm. It's, and again, as I said, that's not a, that's not a dig at Roman Reigns because he's been doing his no, best career work. It's not a dig at Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns has nothing he can really do about it. Oh, which, by the you way, know. I was going to say we're talking about like their pra- their kind of like their whole their ideas. Why are they booking him as a cowardly heel now and lead up to WrestleMania? It makes no fucking sense. I don't 
understand like, and I don't the thing, know. The thing is, right, is like a monster champion is a whole thing in itself to try and book. Mm. Yes. But that doesn't mean there isn't a, a right way to do it. Mm. No, I'm not necessarily saying I know what that right way is. <laughs> I mean, because, like, you know, trying to book someone even on, like, a... Yeah, trying to book someone on, like, a really, really long reign is, is a thing in itself. But, I mean, <laughs> like, they do also have the experience from having Volta on their books. Sorry. Gunther! No, I don't care. <laughs> they can change it all they want, but I, he's still Volta to it's, me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fucking Volta. Like... Like, like nah, I Butch yeah, Pete they, Dunn as well. <laughs> I I draw the line. I just draw the line. Like I don't. They. You know what? Like with Butch, I'm like, you know what? It's whatever. I've like, I don't like it, but you know, I can abide by it. I will never abide by Volta's name change. I'm sorry. I don't know if no. they thought that they could do the whole. Well, it doesn't matter. It's still a German name. No, it doesn't count. No, it's not no. the same. Yeah, it's not the same. Uh, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> rebel actually rebel so it's it's needless to say i think this is just their way of being able to really spice up wrestlemania isn't it mm-hmm. by signing mm-hmm. cody what they do with him i don't even think they have a freaking clue what to do with cody after mania i'll be honest i don't even know if they have an idea what they're doing for mania yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <clears throat> anyway <laughs> Moving on from WrestleMania and Cody Rhodes, in AEW news, they've signed a deal with DDT Pro to get DDT wrestlers over to America. Which I, am, I am fucking excited by. I it. am so so hyped for this. So so hyped for this because I think more we get to see Takashita even more in AEW, and that's going to be awesome. We're going to be able to see oh, Yuki Ueno. We're going to have oh, all of the all of the whole roster. Can like eruption are gonna have? I want to see eruption versus Red Dragon as like a four guys kicking the ever laugh, ever laughing crap out of each other. <laughs> it's great. Chris Brooks as well, probably gonna go yeah. over there and do some stuff. Yoshihiko probably going to reignite his rivalry oh, with Kenny Omega. Absolutely. Um, my honestly, my thing I'm most excited by this. Obviously, the the absolute wealth of talent that's in. DDT, so like you said, Dikeshta, <coughs> Ueno, um, C-Dog I'd VA. See, I'd, yeah, C-Dog <laughs> VA. I'd love to see like someone like um, Sakaguchi take some time over. I think that'd be really cool. Mm. I'm... Uh, also, um, Mas- Masa Takanashi, when he recovers from his leg injury, yeah, um, oh. would be really, really cool. But uh, do you know what I really want to see? I think we're skirting around it, aren't we, Dan? The dream match everyone wants to see. <laughs> Go on. Eddie Kingston versus Junek Akiyama. I, that, so here's the thing I was saying, right? Yeah, it's cool that they're bringing talent over to AEW. I want to see people go over there. Yes. I want Eddie Kingston versus Jun Akiyama in the fucking Budokan. It's me. I'd say double or nothing as well. Fucking <coughs> do like, it, you Tony, you goddamn like, just, fucking just coward. Just him out there. <laughs> just have a DDT show at the Budokan, same night as... AEW, film it beforehand, Put add on. it to the pay-per-view. I yeah. don't care. The <laughs> only other one I want to see, and follow me on this, mm. I really, really want to see John Silver in DDT. <laughs> yes! Yes! I want to see the Dark Order in DDT so freaking bad. Like, 
I just want to see the meat man do his thing, but in but in DDT. I like r- 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 legit John Silver for KOD Open Weight Champion. <laughs> He'd have great matches with Takeshita. Because I was going to say, I reckon with Ueno, he would have a banger match. Oh, John Silver Short versus King, Short Kings Unite. Oh, hell yes. It was also um, a thing that my uh, uh, friend uh, said. Um, shout out to you, Spuck. Um, where he was saying, in, in a crazy world where they happen to get get the working things together, John Silver versus L. Linderman. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I would pay so much. John Silver versus L. Linderman in great. <laughs> yes, yes, please. <laughs> but you know what this also means, Reardon, with this working agreement? We get to see more swimming pool matches in AEW. This is the way. Let's fucking go. This is the only thing I want forever. <laughs> a leisure sense, a leisure sense, a death match. Is what we all want and what we all pay to see with a relationship between DDT and AEW. I mean, like, look, there's like so many good possibilities here. Yeah. There's so many good possibilities. I am excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see who jumps here and there. Uh, but this means we are now one step closer to the four pillars match that Eddie Kingston has been dreaming about his entire life. No, absolutely. That match needs to happen. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if AEW make their own version of the the blue and red All Japan ring just to add more to the factor of that. Well, this is an All Japan match. Fucking screeching. <laughs> make it happen, Tony. You goddamn fucking coward. <laughs> Do it, you mark. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it's it's so exciting. And like I said, fucking Chris Brooks and AEW would be fucking great. Yeah. Yes, please. Dude, like, there's just so many good possibilities here. <laughs> oh, Calamari Death Kings versus the House of Black. Oh, no, actually, I know it's like we're, we're moving on after this. <laughs> Shout out to that House of Black match on Rampage. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was honestly such a good match. Rocked. <laughs> oh, those stripes were crisp. I tell you, I tell you, Malachi Black doing the work of his career since joining AEW. Oh, if dude, you ask me, uh, dude, Buddy Matthews as well. I mean, I was saying he was being slapped on in WWE, mm. but like, man, like this, this is what I said about like you know when we were doing oh man back when we we're doing our like episodes right in the middle of the pangea yeah yes um and talking about those Al- the alistair black versus murphy matches mm-hmm. they're like the only thing keeping me going with raw yeah <laughs> god do i feel vindicated right now yeah. <laughs> it, 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 genuinely though so 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 good i like honestly Malachi has just stepped up his game even more than he already was. And it's crazy to think about the level of work rate he was doing in WWE. Exactly. Like, he's just taken it to a whole other level. It's just... Thank you. (laughs) Thank you oh so much, Malachi. So, so fucking good. And also, shout out to um, Keith Lee versus Max Caster. That was a great match. That was pretty fun. I did also like all the tweets about Keith Lee. 
Y- yes, yes, Keith. <laughs> Keith Lee looks like he looks like he says "splendid" when he gets brought out his dessert at a restaurant. <laughs> These are great reads. If you've not seen them, like, they all sound like insults, but they're not. They're just really nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most my wholesome favorite, twin of bread. My, my favorite one was Keith Lee looks like he signs the guest book when he goes to a museum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, man. Oh, God. It's so good. So good. Um, but are we done with the news, Dan? We are done with the news. Excellente. Reardon. Have you got anything for Recommendation Corner this week, sir? Oh, I do. I do, I do, I do. Guys... How do you feel about Deus Ex Human Revolution? Uh, I mean, it's a game. <laughs> I don't like it's it. It's a game? Game, you like it? Well, you're in luck. Because <laughs> my boy, and probably your boy as well, H-Bomber Guy. Yeah. Um, no, I, I've seen that. I haven't had the chance to watch it yet. Yes, my recommendation is his YouTube video, his... Three hours and 33 minutes and 33 seconds because he's just like that video. Deus Ex Human Revolution is fine. And here's why. <laughs> you know what? He is completely justified in that. I hey, believe he, made free, he got three hours out of Human Revolution. Oh, I, I, that doesn't surprise me in the fucking slightest. For those of you not in the know, because I, I don't think we've ever mentioned him on the podcast... H-Bomber Guy is... Oh, man, how do I describe H-Bomber Guy, of all people? He He is is... like a... He is a video essayist that generally talks about gaming, but also strands into social issues. Yes. And And Ruby. (laughs) And Ruby. He has done extremely long videos. They're all great. Um... A sh- another shout out to um, I'm going to actually give a slight shout out to an earlier video. Probably his, I honestly think is his magnum opus. If if only it has one of the greatest scenes he ever did, which is um his one talking about climate change. Yeah, where he completely bodies Ben Shapiro forever in a way that has never left my mind. <laughs> I it's don't a fame. Yep. You, it's a, if you, you, if you, it's probably been if you've been around the internet, you know the bit. But it, it's just, it's it's incredible. He is incredible, and that is my recommendation. I am only halfway through the damn video. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like at the time of this recording. I. People hear me out on this. Whenever I get hit with like a three-hour-long video essay, I will watch it in like twenty-minute chunks over the course of like multiple yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. This, this is yeah, and, and I believe that his um, video is specifically like it's in chapters specifically yeah. for this. Like, if you want to be a madman and watch all of it, <laughs> I mean, more power to you. I watch Lord of the Rings for fun, but for this, <laughs> I've had to just. Look, like, I, I was the bad man that watched the vaccines video in one fell swoop. So, so was I, actually. <laughs> but yeah, that is my recommendation for this week, definitely. Hell Lovely. Yeah. Great, great choice. Great choice. All right, then, chaps. All that being said and done, are you guys ready to talk about WrestleMania, the album? Yep. Ready is a strong word. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just like Reggie Fisa May, guys, my body is ready. Hell yeah. 
So, before we talk and give our overview on the, on the track listing for this album, a little history into where the world was in 1992 slash 1993. So, Mike Stock and Pete Waterman of the famed trio Stock, Aiken, Waterman oversaw this project and approached WWF with an idea to make a pop album with wrestling superstars. They are credited as the producers and co-composers collaborating with RCA Records. Nice. Executive produced by the man, the myth, the legend, the man with the the highest waistline in human history, Simon Philip Cow. He had what to I be love in this. About, though, is it like <clears throat> the thing is, it sounds ridiculous, and then you realize like all the context around it of it, it being produced by Stock Aiken and Waterman. You're like, that totally tracks. <laughs> Because it would be if it was being done by them. It absolutely was. So this was recorded through late 1992 and was announced in November of 92 with the first uh, single to be released in December of 92 known as Summer Slam Jam. But it was known as Slam Jam in the UK because having a summer, sla- a summer song in December was a bit weird. <laughs> now, this leads on to one problem I have with this album. <clears throat> one, one problem. The singular so problem, the first, Daniel. The first of many. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm not going to try and approach this like most other albums I do because I know that this is effectively a compilation album, <laughs> and it's a compilation of al- It's a compilation album of songs written for the purposes of having an album. Yes. And I know technically, under that branching, it cannot have thematic purpose. <laughs> <laughs> except for the except for the thematic purpose of wrestling. Now, yes. this is WrestleMania, the album. So why is there a song called Summer Slam Jam? <laughs> Summer Slam is a different pay per view, I'll... and it existed for years before this. Trust week. me, trust me. I will get to this with the actual and, opening track. <laughs> and I will get to that too because I have a problem with this. <laughs> so, Summer Slam '92 happened in the UK. Yep. So it's not like they didn't know it existed as a separate event. <laughs> I'm angry. It's just... Oh, goodness. So also credited as producers, uh, we have Cal Stockwaterman, but we also have Dave Ford and Gary Miller, who uh, were regular collaborators with, uh, with those three gentlemen, uh, as mentioned above. The album failed to chart in the US Billboard 200, but... It reached number 10 in the UK. The single Slam Jam, which was the opening single, was certified silver by the British phonographic industry and charted at number four. God bless the British charts. Our country is fucking cursed when it comes to music. Oh, mate. Are we going to get into what was in the charts in 1993? Let us... Are we doing this? Would you like to know the top 20 of the top 20 songs of 1993? Because, Because... I know one of these, and I believe it's number five. Now, before before you 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 let us know this cursed information, are we talking specifically the UK charts? The UK charts of nineteen ninety three. Yeah, these are the UK oh, charts. Oh, goody fucking gumdrops! Let's <laughs> do go. We, do we have do we have the US? We don't have the US. I could not okay, find I'm it, gonna, but I could... I'm going to try and pull up the nine. 
1993. Whilst you do that then, Dan, I will list from 20 to 1 the UK's top songs of 1993. At number 20, we have Living On My Own by Freddie Mercury, which peaked at number 1. At 19, we have Sweat A La 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 Long by Inner Circle, which peaked at number 3. 18 is Pray by Take That, which peaked at number 1. 17 is Informer by Snow, which peaked at number 2. Number 16 you know yeah. is Boom Shake the Room by Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Let's go! Alright, yeah. Number 15 is Please Forgive Me by Brian Adams at number t- uh, peaked at number 2. We're gonna, we're gonna, good. It's a good thing you mentioned him. We're gonna talk about him in a second. Actually, <laughs> this is actually, this is actually legitimately something I have to make a caveat about. At number fourteen is Babe by Take That, which peaked at number one. Yeah. yeah. Number thirteen is Tease Me by Shaka Demus and Pliers at number three. Number twelve is Young at Heart by the Bluebells. At number yeah. eleven is the Five Live EP by George Michael and Queen. Yeah, I mean George Michael. Number ten. Alright, here we here we get then. Here we go. Number ten. I will always love you by Whitney Houston, which peaked yeah. at number one. It's crazy to think about that though, because that came out in like the start of the year. Yeah. At ninety at number nine, we have Mr. Vane by Culture Beat, which peaked at number one. Uh, at number eight, we have What Is Love by Hadaway, <laughs> which yeah. peaked at number two. Dude, that went huge over here. Yes. Awesome. We have uh, Oh Carolina by Shaggy at number seven, yeah. and that peaked at number I one. I didn't realize Shaggy had a track mm. in 1993, I'll be honest. Oh, that's, yeah, that's actually, that's actually very surprising. Uh, number six, we have Mr. Blobby by Mr. Let's Blobby. Go! Oh. Oh, the UK chart, stay strong. <laughs> oh, the Brit- truly Britain's greatest import. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, the British charts are just perfect. You go through them and you're like, Whitney Houston, like Rod Stewart, like all the classics, and then you get shit like Mr. Fucking Blobby. <laughs> at number five, we have Dreams by Gabrielle, which peaked at number one. At number mm-hmm. four, we have No Limit by Two Unlimited at number one. Nah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. <laughs> again, like, oh, again, like that, that again, like part of the just the British music scene being brilliant. Oh, shout outs to OSW for, uh, <laughs> for number three. For All That She Wants by Ace of Bass, also See? known as the Duck R song. You wrote Monster. This is what we wanted. At number two is I Can't Help Falling in Love with You by UB40. And at number one, I Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. God bless you, sir. <laughs> Yeah, that's the British charts, all right. Like that is just. And in there, in there, you could easily pop in fucking wrestle. Well, sorry, slam jam by the WWF superstars. <laughs> so, Dan, were you able to find the official chart okay, or like the top I forty found, songs for '93 in the I US? I found the Billboard Year and Hot 100 singles of 1993. Should we? Do you want to start okay. at number twenty or start at number ten? Uh, okay. At number twenty was "I'm So Into You" by SWV. Hmm. Checks out. They were pretty number big. Number nineteen, "If" by Janet Jackson. Hmm. That was Jan- I mean, that was one of Janet's best years. Was ninety three. 
Uh, a whole new world by Peebo Bryson. <laughs> oh no, I hate that version. Number yeah. seventeen, Show Me Love by Robin S. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Number sixteen was Daisy Dukes by Deuce. Oh fuck's <laughs> sake! <laughs> right. Number fifteen, Lately by Jodeci. Hmm. Mm. Uh, number 14, Knocking the Boots by H-Town. Number 13, Don't Walk Away by Jade. Uh, 12, In the Still of the Night by Boys to Men. Oh, there you go. What, what a song. Uh, number 11, Nothing But a G-Thang by Dr. Dre. Hell yes. <laughs> Fucking GTA San Andreas, baby. Uh, number 10, Informer by Snow. Nice, nice. Uh, number nine, Rump Shaker by Rex and Effect. That's a very early 90s yeah. name, yeah. isn't it? Um, number eight, Dream Over by Mariah Carey. Uh, number seven, If I Ever Fall in Love by Shy. Mm-hmm. Number six, Weak by SWV. Yeah. Number five, Freak Me by Silk. <laughs> Uh, number four, that's the way love goes by Janet Jackson. <laughs> As I said, it was one of Janet's best years. <laughs> that was a good year for Janet Jackson. Yeah. Number three, can't help falling in love by UB40. Mm-hmm. Went really big. My personal favorite, number two, won't there it is by Tag Team. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, <laughs> yeah. Number two. Wow. Hot, hot 100 That's at the incredible. End of the year, at the end of I did not realize it was number two. That's incredible. And then number one, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. That's it, should yes. be. Um, <laughs> would you guys like to know the two other singles that were released as part of the WrestleMania album? I mean, I assume WrestleMania. WrestleMania, which was released around the same time as WrestleMania uh, 9, uh, peaks at number 14 in the UK singles charts. And... I'm trying to, I'm, okay, I'm trying to think, right, about what would have been... Okay, I'm trying to look through the tracks and thinking what would be released as a single. In the UK? In the UK. You're not does gonna... that mean it does that mean it's USA? Yes, it is USA. Because <laughs> of course it was USA. How could you get something so wrong? And would you believe it peaked at number 71 in the UK singles charts? I love I, I sometimes I know like we're there and we say like you know living in the UK is awful and it is. Mm-hmm. But man, this country is something. It really Oh, it's certainly really is. something. So I will all, never say it isn't. With all of that being said, we've got the history, we've got the context, Dan. Would you like to go through this journey of this pop rock New Jack Swing spoken word <laughs> album, gents? Yes. You heard that correctly, folks. No, <laughs> that all is of those ex- are completely valid genres. I would even verge into slam poetry. <laughs> so guys, we gotta go through this. This is an interesting episode because dan and i are technically the experts on this one yes as we I mean, are in like a musical sense if mm, you're yes expecting me to, if you're expecting me to talk in any complex way about musical ideas you're really in the wrong place go and watch adam neely or something go watch sideways shout out yeah. to you sideways you're fucking great <laughs> although i hardly think adam neely or any of the other music theory youtubers are doing a piece about the rest of album which 
<clears throat> we put it to you at the sweet chin wag to do so. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like, if I can get the one of them to do that, that would be incredible. But I don't think there's going to be much that we're going to get out of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> one thing I will say before we get to the track listing, though, is that this does stink of Stock Ape and Waterman because drum machines so, and simps <laughs> is, like, their signature. So I, so I, I said this before the show, <clears throat> but let me just say it here for the record. Now, this was released in 1993, and I think with Stock Aitken and Waterman, really, their, their glory days were, like, the mid to late 80s, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, you'd be right. Okay. This is way outdated. <laughs> and this came out in, like, 19... This came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. And no lie, it feels like it was made in, like, 1986. <laughs> really does it's 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 actually incredible except for one thing which we will get to <laughs> yes. so chaps track one the wwf superstars <laughs> with the title track wrestlemania okay i'm jumping straight into it why the hell in the first second of the song the first line does he mention survivor series i don't care i'm annoyed <laughs> for a song called fucking wrestlemania <laughs> <laughs> I never the first line of the album I said are you ready for the Survivor Series what no this is Wrestlemania <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought what the fuck no, because I was there and I heard it and I went there's no way they did that <laughs> oh so <laughs> one of my notes here is oh wait until I tell Reardon and Dad that this is Linda McMahon's theme so <laughs> Yeah, so, so the, the instrument I am, I, was used as Linda McMahon's theme, wasn't it? Yes. but No, it wasn't. Yes, it yes, was. It the was. instrumental was. version was used as Linda McMahon's theme song. <laughs> I, okay. All right. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, Vanilla Babyface Linda McMahon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't... I also... Um, I'm assuming we all watched this using the using the YouTube playlist we found. Yes, I made sure to throw in the Slam Jam as well, because yeah. that was not okay. on that playlist. <laughs> Shout out to just the random cut-in edits of Mean Gene. <laughs> <laughs> who will survive? Remember, this is WrestleMania, yeah, not like, who fucking... Survive? We mentioned Survivor Series and Who Will Survive, and we're on the WrestleMania album. So... With, a, with, a, with the lead single being Summer Slam Jam... <laughs> <laughs> so chaps personally in terms of thematic purpose yes. this album is failing <laughs> yes already but it also paints a great picture into what you can expect so the oh, superstars yeah. the wrestlers singing it's a very generous term to say that they are because they're basically cutting promos to music but also well, yeah. <laughs> may i just add as well it sounds as if uh, um stockard waterman just cut and spliced segments of these guys cutting promos and no, stitched no. them together. No, but you know what the thing is, though? I can't remember what song it is. There's a section in this song which is like an edited part of lines from one of the later songs. Oh, no, no, they do this. They do this for all of the wrestlers, for their individual songs. They they do this. They do it for, um, I believe it was Big Boss Man. Yeah, no, no, but no, but I'm... See, the thing is, though, with Big Boss Man, and this is a thing I guess we'll get to by the end, he has different lines. Yep. 
But Tatanka has has. He's the only one that gets different lines. Tatanka is uh, Tatanka's lines get used twice. Nasty Boy's lines get used twice. Yeah. Hacksaw kind of gets used. Tw- uh, I think uh, one little segment gets used twice. May I just add as well? Uh, <laughs> fucking it goes. For this song, it goes Hacksaw to Tonka, Boss Man, Nasty Boys, Bret Hart, Boss Man again, and then Ming Gene for the pre-chorus part. <laughs> but you also say, Nasty Boys saying, you're going to get something nasty down your throat is just very off-putting, if you ask I me. Want no- I want nothing to do with it. Although, here's, here's, here's the side point, right? <clears throat> this is so aggressively stock Aitken and Waterman. Yeah. Yes, it was so. You could have told you could have told me nothing about this, and I would have believed. And I, I, you, I would genuinely hear it and probably go, "That sounds like Stock Aitken and Waterman." <laughs> like to like to the synth sounds and the way they have this like weird synth guitar thing. It is. It. Yeah. <laughs> but look, all this being said, you can't deny that the fucking chorus is an earworm. <laughs> No, it is, and like it again, that, that's it, that that's like part of the stock Aitken and Waterman trend. Oh, 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 oh. WrestleMania! Yeah, this is our life. Pump it up, pump it up. <laughs> that that pumping up made me die when I first. Oh, it's so it. good though, isn't it? <laughs> but it's... all hope is not lost, guys. But guess get what? Guess what? We get a we get a rap bridge for this okay song. right but let me just oh, yeah. let, me, let me just say this though right obviously the rapping is garbage um <laughs> because like look let's try and like kind of tie let's try and like tie this together a time frame again this is 1993 yes like eric b and rakim was like 86 87 yes yes <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Big Daddy Kane was like 88, was 87, and, and, 88. And my yeah. guy's coming out here with the Sugar Hill Gang flows. <laughs> See, the thing, the funny thing about it, because we've got to remember, at this time, like, like the, the popular culture had only, like, rap was only just hitting, hitting just hitting, like, the, the popular culture. Yeah. Like, the Golden Age was happening, but, like, gangster yeah. rap, Hadn't actually made the oh, the, yeah, the no, sheer levels of like, money. It's not, like, it's not like an actual cultural thing yet. Mm. Yeah, so I I can understand them being <laughs> that uh, that behind the game, especially yeah, at that time so I, where I, where I, like I can, I can understand it, and I'm I'm personally going to say whoever this guy is that does that does the rapping. I don't know if we can find him in the credits. No, we can't. It's, no, we can't. It's a nameless... uh, personally pretty much ties this album together in a lot of cases yes yes so he's one of the very he's one of the very few consistent features <laughs> and one of the few things that actually adds any semblance of rhythm to anything exactly but uh i will say this don't sweat the technique this is not no it, <laughs> it is in fact <laughs> it is fact it is in fact not one of the greatest things the gangster ever committed <laughs> And they did a lot of great things. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my 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 conclusion to this is I wrote down it's it's a catchy title, Jack, but even in '93, I can imagine Stock and Waterman were a bit naff at this point. Okay, I still have notes. <laughs> <laughs> you still have notes. <laughs> One, why does Big Boss Man just have a random choral sample layered over his section? <laughs> yes. So, 
the the mix is in this section is horrific. It just cuts out and lays over everything that he does. Why does the pump it up sample sound like it's from a scar track? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and it was. And now I'm almost certain that I heard the line wrong. But I heard a line that was something along, like something along the lines of, "Big Boss Man will make you come with him." Big, something like that. Big Boss Man will make you come. <laughs> I something, think it is something like yes. that. Yeah. And I and I heard it and I went, "That doesn't sound right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically, it is like the mo it is like such a aggressively condensed 80s new kind of new jack swing pop track mm -hmm. yes like you could take this you could take this underlying instrumental give it to like jason donovan and you'd be fine oh and kylie Minogue. Oh. yeah oh there's a couple of songs you could give to kylie and it probably end up being a, like a b-side on a on a single yeah. yeah but that's because kylie's a queen absolutely kylie, shout out to you kylie minogue shout out kylie minogue what? Whatever you're doing, I hope it's going well for you, Kylie Minogue. <laughs> mm. I want to. I want to hear Reardon now. Do you still have a couple of uh, thoughts about WrestleMania? <laughs> it. See, the funny thing is about and and like Wrestle the song WrestleMania as well as the entire album. Yes. Is that it's bad. <laughs> it's and yet and yet it's kind of like. It is a truly like I need I need this on the fucking slab. I really do. <laughs> yeah. To know exactly how bad it is. Oh. And figure out what it is that 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 dies here. Well, okay, cuz I'm I'm going to say this and um, personally for me the I mean obviously the mix is I would say of its time but of something that's a couple years removed from its time. Mm. But that also doesn't mean the mix is good. <laughs> oh yeah, because oh. it is a thing. <laughs> it is most certainly a thing. All right, guys, for this one, we're not even going to go like we do with the pay per view review ones. We're not, but we're not going to give these ones in individual scores because we just know no, we just know no, this album's no. fucking bad. <laughs> okay, so track two is Summer Slam Jam, or Slam Jam, as it was known in the UK. Now, boys, I didn't want to subject you to the 12-minute version that came with the UK album. Oh, no, I, I, listen, I looked it up and I was like, ha, I'm not doing that shit. So, so the thing was, right, is I heard about that 12-minute version, and I was like, okay, <clears throat> like, like, what's this about? And then I, 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 like, I didn't listen to it the whole way through, but it's just the song repeated over and over. It, it it literally is. That's all it is, and that was apparently enough for a UK special release. Yep. <laughs> just twelve minutes of the same song. It really is just mixed. Or I should say twelve minutes. Tw tw twelve minutes of it being slightly differently mixed, and I can't say mm. it's much better. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and and like the thing of, oh. It just goes on longer, and it's only the same like three-minute song just repeated like four times over. Exactly. It's not any better. 
So a surprising one for me for the slab jab, uh, for the slab jab song is at the beginning. I swear to God, we hear Howard Finkel and Tony Schiavone. Yeah, I think that is Tony Schiavone's voice. I swear that is Tony's voice. It could be, you know, I'd actually pick up on that. <laughs> so we and then we hear slam, and then it, and then kicks the beat, which. I kid you not, it's a fucking up-tempo, different-keyed WrestleMania. No, it's no, the it, same song. It is, but then also I said, again, to follow on this theme of Stock, Aiken, and Waterman, this 100% feels like it could be the beat to a Kylie song. Oh, absolutely. I, no, so here we get the appearance of Randy Savage, who has one of the best lines. Well, it has a couple of great lines in here, but his first line is, Unbelievable! Yes, Randy. It say, really is. Like it is unbelievable. The one I want to give a shout out to is in the video. They use video footage of Max Moon. Yes, yes, oh, they do. You actually watched the video. Out. Yes, I watched the music video. Oh yeah, the the, the 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 playlist I was going through had the video version, which ha- again features obviously just video clips of wrestlers, and it has a video clip of Max Moon, who existed for about six months in the WWF and was once played by Conan. Like, I, I cannot express to you how visually jarring that was. <laughs> that they were like, this is a good idea, and then axed the entire thing by the time this got released. Yep. Also, we get Davy Boy Smith <laughs> coming in and saying, <laughs> and cutting one of his amazing promos, I'm the British Bulldog, and you're going down. You know what's a fun fact about this, guys? <laughs> this is the, the immediately aged this album. Oh god! Davy oh, Boy about... Smith was in WCW at this time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just like artistic beauty, really. Like it's just it, everything just comes up perfectly sometimes. Oh. Do you love the? Under- I was going to say because it the, the album is very dated immediately because it has Bret Hart talking about being champion. Yes. I'm almost certain he wasn't champion at the point this was released. No, Yoko oh, was champion. Absolutely. Yeah, Yoko was yeah. champion yeah. at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't become champion again till 94 mm-hmm. <laughs> do you love the little interspersed I love the little interspersed bi- like bits of uh, of Undertaker just saying slab rest in peace yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so bad <laughs> oh my oh, we'll get to all oh of the chorus I love the co- but the chorus coming in and goes well oh it's it no it, every, it's a slam jam Oh, 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 and that is when I realized, <laughs> holy fuck, this is just rehashing the same song as previous. Yeah, no, basically, um, I would describe this track as a spoken word album on crack. Mm-hmm. But let me just say, right, in this track, Macho Man comes through with the bars. Yes, Slam Jam, and thank I, you, ma'am, for the yeah. Macho Man. <laughs> Slam Jam, thank you, ma'am, this is the Macho Man. Just, yo, the 16, it just goes. I can't describe it, man. It just goes. You know what made me laugh? I'm sorry. There's something that was like such a whiplash from me for this song. You hear every team needs a great theme, and then suddenly you get fucking a rapid synth bass and cowbell. (laughs) All of a sudden it's it's like, what the fuck is this? It's art. Did Waterman just, like, fucking keel over the fucking boob and faint when that happened? Just who knows. (laughs) I will say say this, and that is that this this track has 
one redeeming quality, and it's a very loose connection. <laughs> which is that there is a small audio sting of Bret Hart talking. Yes. yes. Where he's saying, like, I'm the best there is, the best there was. And so, or something. And I reckon that could be isolated into a banger sample. Unfortunately, it's in this. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think anyone's going to bother trying to isolate it. I must... But it's there, and I have to say, it's not bad. It could be put to good use, but it won't. <laughs> now, we did talk about them uh, with the rap uh, bridge in the first song, saying that they weren't going to come after... Uh, well, they weren't, they weren't going to necessarily come after the contemporary r- r- rappers of the time. But uh, for this one, they were coming after LL Cool J, because I did hear the lyric, Mama said, take you out. Yes. <laughs> Get it? Culturally relevant. <laughs> Don't call it a comeback, Reardon. WWF's been here for years. Oh, I'm aware. I am aware. <laughs> it's, it, it's just such a... I mean, again, one thing that's worth saying about this, as you go through the album, it is such a disturbing clash of styles across singles. Oh, 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 it absolutely so is. Like, there, is actual... there is no consistency <laughs> or in terms of, like, style whatsoever. And, no, not in a, and not in a good way, like, gorillas, but in a... No, no but you're just the going thing for that's it. the worst about it is even in the... In, in the songs, there's no consistency. No! Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Because, like, with Gorillaz, I can go into an album and be like, well, I'm probably going to get, like, something vaguely electronic, but, like, how it's how it's composed will be different. <laughs> in this, I listen to a track, and then the intro is just completely different to the rest of the song. <laughs> yes. And then there'll just be a random, like, synth bass line just cuts in, like, two minutes. And I'm just like, okay, where did this come from? What's its purpose? <laughs> And so, like, this is the thing I said about this, like, these tracks are all, like, you know, big and bright and poppy and, like, try to get you excited. And a guy just, like, a, a rejected member of the Sugar Hill Gang just appears and drops a 16. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is this doing here? Why am I here? <laughs> what is my purpose in life after listening to this album? I don't know anymore, guys. <laughs> hey, look, we do it to ourselves. Uh Ah, oh, right. So we've had the two WWF superstar songs, but now we're getting into the good stuff, boys. We're getting into the individual wrestlers with their own songs. We start with <laughs> track number three, Hacksaw Jim Duggan with USA. Oh, <laughs> I love how this starts. So we get the synth guitar, and then the Jim Duggan coming in going, I've got my two by four. I've got my American flag. <laughs> It's oh. Oh. a powerful new force. Hack, hack, saw Jim Duggan. <laughs> yeah, a powerful new force. All I'm Jim saying Duggan. is, someone was using the sample beats, the like the sample like keys, are way too much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but this, this gives me video game, early video game, or early fighting game menu music. Oh, this feels like an NBA live on the Sega Genesis menu screen. Oh, NBA Jam. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I'm glad that I'm vindicated in this, because that's exactly the feeling that I got. I love, with the verse, it's just Duggan cutting a promo about how he gets anxious before, like, before a match, but then he grabs his tool by four, I got my American flag. <laughs> See, the, the thing about this is it feels like someone tried to turn a sports chant into a song. Yes. Yeah. 
USA, you, 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 USA, ho! I, like, I can't think of a way to properly describe it in any musical sense other than a sports charm. <laughs> Which I can understand why Brian Zane got this hook stuck in his head. USA, no, like, you, 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 USA! No, like, I completely understand that, but, like, as a musical idea, I'm just no, confused. It oh, really yeah. is so confusing. It's. You know. This is where it gets interesting for me, because I think that USA, like, I can see a germ of that actually working. <laughs> no, but like, I, like, the other thing is, I can see it working in a very kind of, like, um, I, I can see it working in, like, an early dance music way. Yes. Yes. Of course, like, the production would need to be, like, completely changed. Yes, but like in a kind of early dance music way, I can I can see it kind of working. If you listen, if you hear this instrumental version in your head, you can actually hear yourself going, and here it comes, your Chicago Bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That God, that is it. My favorite really line from this, or the like, the sample is <laughs> is hacksaw jig dugger b- b- beats people up. <laughs> Honestly, my favorite moment, my favorite moments of this were a thinking how much crack did someone have to take for this to get released, um, and then also, I can't just I can't describe the exact texture of it, but at some point in the song, like towards the end of it, there's this like background vocal sample that cuts in, yeah, that feels really out of place. It really does. Like like they cut in like a choral sample. Oh. Ah. Yeah, and it it just it the problem with it is is it completely throws off the texture it's of everything really else <laughs> because all of a sudden I'm hearing something that's in a key <laughs> and we haven't been in one <laughs> or it doesn't feel like we've been in one anyway. Hey, what are you talking about? Jim Duggan was in a key the whole time during his verses. <laughs> Let me just like was were the worst stock Aitken and Waterman and Jim Duggan doing like contemporary <laughs> pop atonal music. Yes. I don't imagine that was the purpose. <laughs> Listen, look, um, I don't know if they were pulling a Frank Zappa. I don't think I can give them that. I don't think I can give them that. Uh, they should have done it in a 2-4 drum signature. Get it? Oh, yeah, that would have that really gotten everyone moving. I got my two by four. I legitimately, if they did it, if they did it in a two by four, in a two by four beat, I might legitimately have to buy one of them a drink for whoever thought that. that. No, see, but that would be actually inspired. <laughs> if if we were here and we were making a WrestleMania the album now, I would yes. expect someone to do that. Exactly. Any more notes or anything else we want to comment about USA before we move on to the next track? I think we're good. Thank God, because now we get over to uh to to a lot to one of my lowlights of this track number four, the Nasty Boys with the Nasty Boys Stump. You ever heard of Nasty okay. by Janet Jackson? It sounds just like this. I was this. gonna say this. I was listening to this song, and I swear, the the like the backing to it. I mean, it's mainly in the bass line. Mm, it is. It sounds so much like Nasty by Janet Jackson. It absolutely is Nasty by Janet oh. Jackson. And what they thought that would improve that is by just putting the same 
promo sample over it like 40,000 times. Oh yeah, hearing the Nasty Boys, and boy was it a treat to hear Bobby Heenan in this song. <laughs> yeah. The Nasty Boys are just plain nasty. Hey, you little son of a bitch, come here. <laughs> but I can't believe, why of all the samples to chop and repeat would be the one of 93 is the year of the Nasty Boys, 93, 93, 93. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, there's, there's, like, again, <laughs> it, it, it's giving so much Janet Jackson, and that feels so wrong for the Nasty Boys. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, the, I mean, technically, what I can applaud them for here is being culturally relevant. <laughs> that, hmm, <laughs> hmm, you, you, you make a disturbing point there, <laughs> because technically. They are following the thing of, oh, this is a popular artist at this time. Let's try and evoke them. But in terms of evoke, they went, let's just copy her. Yes. I, I will say, like, I think if the Nasty Boys and Janet Jackson were in the same room, the universe would just implode on itself. <laughs> yes. Because that just that just can't be a thing. It just like, can't be a but thing. But again, though, it speaks to such a big problem because... Like thematically, there's nothing tying these together. <laughs> oh, so speaking of things that don't tie together, a fucking xylophone solo in this song. This <laughs> like texturally and thematically, so much of this album does not go together. We start off with a sample that's completely different, <laughs> and then jump into "Nasty" by Janet Jackson, and then you have the Nasty Boys, and I'm like, okay, I get it, like, Nasty, Nasty Boys, like, okay, that's our connection. The Nasty Boys, I just played that. <laughs> How many times does that get you, that voice clip of Bobby Heenan get used in this oh, song? so many times, but again, right, I said to you guys before we started here, okay, <laughs> I'm saying it again so our audience can hear this, this was made in 1993. <laughs> <laughs> this uses... So much sampling, mainly of like the same samples, like the same couple samples and whatever. <clears throat> but the mix is awful. And yes. this came out 19 years after Autobahn by Kraftwerk. <laughs> he will 19 repeat, years. He will repeat this and he will make sure we all, uh, you know, listener. <laughs> 19 bloody years after Kraftwerk's Autobahn. Which is like one of the f like the first major like kind of predominantly electronically sampled pieces of music. Again, like you can judge that on your own. It was just the easiest bar of reference for me. <laughs> Done with like far inferior technology to nineteen ninety three. And yet somehow it's just no like I don't get it. <laughs> These guys, these guys are good songwriters. They wrote "Never Gonna Give You Up" for crying out loud. Like these guys, these guys know how to compose, and then they create this. <laughs> I, I'm genuinely confused. Oh, it, I trust me, we all are. I think. <laughs> uh, no, no, right. I want because you two will probably be the most, you know, the most known for this. That know this one for for your music theory. Yeah. Did they sample a fucking scream in this song? Because I could hear a scream part way through this song. Okay, we can finally talk about that. Let's talk about that. It's weird as hell hearing throughout the album 
some of the most like some of the most stock 80s sampling mm-hmm. like I'm hearing shit like to be frank there shouldn't be a connection between Wrestlemania and Public Enemy in terms of music but there is <laughs> I can hear the damn samples yep. oh, yeah. and it is <laughs> disturbing especially the Especially the ho oh, is the yeah. classic, <laughs> like hip hop ho oh, sample. You say oh, oh. <laughs> yes. But yeah, like there's like all these kinds of like vocal samples that jump in <clears throat> and out, and they kind of some of them feel like they weirdly cut. Mm. I almost almost feel like they haven't sorted their levels out, and some of them clip. <laughs> um. Honestly, my my main one, I mean, my main things are the, the baseline is the only thing that ties the track together. Yeah, it's about the only consistent thing. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> you'll probably like this one, Raiden. Towards the end of the song, there's this yeah. random horn sting that comes in. Yes. Now. Why does the horn sting sound disturbingly similar to Holiday in Cambodia by the Dead Kennedys? Uh, uh, that is because the horn sting goes. <laughs> and it, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's in terms of the musical movement. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. Yeah. I. And I heard it and I went. Well, that doesn't feel in a. It doesn't feel in place at all because this random horn sample just cuts in for no reason. See, see, this is where. See again, if I were a, a, being a bit of a shit, I would put the, I would put that in the USA song. If I was being a no, much like, more of a shit, like, but yeah. It, it, like, if <laughs> I mean again, like again, nothing about this thematically makes sense. I guess if I'm approaching this and you want the horn in there. You want to introduce it in the background first before having it in later. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm also not just going to heavily layer a horn sample just in a track. <laughs> <laughs> it literally just comes in, does that, and then just like, does it a couple other times over, and then just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it is a thing unto itself it, that is truly a thing <laughs> i'm here i'm gonna f- i'm we're recording right now i'm gonna find it and listen to it <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's it is such a weird such a weird one such a weird one um but yeah as i said one of the low lights for me in the entire album is the nasty boy stuff <laughs> i don't know about you two <laughs> I'll be honest. In terms, in terms of tracks on the album, this one is a certified dud for me. <laughs> and so we move on to one of two songs that I actually kind of like a song that does have a structure of a song. It is our main man, Brett, the Hitman Heart, with "Never Been a Right Time to Say Goodbye," a power okay. ballad from Brett with simps, guitars, and strings of plenty. Yeah. Okay. So unfortunately. <laughs> There were two songs that I could not find on the internet to listen to. One was Hitman. The other was Crush. 
Cold Crush. Ah, uh, yes. Because yes. Cold couldn't Crush find, was couldn't a... Find uh, either I'm surprised that you weren't able to find the Hitman one, because I'm fairly sure it was in the playlist we shared. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it is, and I just did... Maybe it is, and I just, it just went over my head because I was just listening to it. But... Oh, man, you missed out on, a, on one because... Brett is fucking amazing okay. in this song. Let me let me describe this track to you, Ridden. Okay. It is like a wrestling version of Lou Reed. Yes. That go on. <laughs> it, it is like a spoken word love song. So yeah, it's Brett speaking. Done o done over this like kind of um, I can't e it, it's done over this kind of hokey-ish 80s pop rock kind of instrumental uh, abs yeah it absolutely is like a power ballad it, yeah it's like a spoken word power ballad I just look here's the thing Brett's one of the best of all time, one of the greatest in the ring. He's not he's not done too bad in acting, but there's one thing he cannot do, uh, gentlemen, and that he <laughs> cannot sing for Toffee. Okay, now, this leads me on to something that I found. Oh. Okay, so actually, it turns out I did listen to this song because I can see it did. Okay, continue, continue. Okay, so I do, this let's is go. Something I found, and I'm going to say I cannot verify this because I found it in YouTube comments. Mm -hmm. which is Which is this. And again, I'm going to qualify that I cannot truly verify this. <laughs> Apparently, they wanted Bret Hart to sing it. Okay. He cannot. He, he said, like, like, they tried it and he said he cannot sing. And like, like we said, he, he, like, he just straight up cannot do it. <laughs> now, apparently, <laughs> this song was written before for another for an actual artist. Yep. Take a guess who you think it was. Kylie Minogue. I, no. I want to say... Oh, I want to say... I want to say George Michael. I want to say George Michael. Okay, I'm going to say this. They're more known for their acting than they are their singing, but they're well known for their singing as well. Uh, mm. Around they this were time? in a very popular TV series. Oh. Bruce Willis? No. Eddie Murphy. No. I'm thinking... 80s here, but they yeah, were that's why I said also quite culturally relevant in the 90s for quite a major event. Go on, go on. I want to hear this. Apparently, this was written by Stock Aitken and Waterman for David Hasselhoff. Of course, it fucking oh, of fucking course, right? <laughs> but, but at um at their request, it was taken off an album and shelved, and then. Allegedly, Mike Stock said, <coughs> and this person was quoting, so I'm going to quote here, I don't know if this is true. Mm -hmm. Brett was to singing what the Pope is to Rugby Union. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. What an incredible line. Oh, I just, there's, I don't know, there is just something about the whiplash of <laughs> Brett's spoken word 
so I'd rather turn away because things you're gonna say will break. Well, no, say, and then the look of shame inside my eyes. So I'd rather turn away, and then it goes straight to the chorus. There never was a way things you're gonna say will break a heart, yeah, make it... her cry. This never been a right time. I mean, it's Brett going back to, and I know lies will only hurt. Her. <laughs> like it, it is swings and roundabouts. The one thing and on I the don't know. You're getting hit with a bat on your way round. I don't know if you two pick pick this up. I think it might be the bridge of the song. Yes. It's the way that Brett says crying. So he, yes. for some reason, he goes, she'll end up crying. There's no right. deny. <laughs> now, the main thing I had was when he says the word theirs, it sounds like he goes theirs. <laughs> Like, he makes it two separate words. Honestly, I had to go back five times just to hear Brett go, she'll end up crying. <laughs> yeah, no, it is a whole thing. My personal favourite thing with this is that, <clears throat> weirdly, this is one of the more cohesive tracks. It absolutely is. And that's a weird thing, saying that we've just said that in the bridge, it just transforms into a different song. Um... But, like, my favorite, honestly, my favorite thing about it is it takes some, it feels like it takes some inspiration from some really weird places. And it kind of, at various points, for anywhere on my line of like almost verging on city pop, <laughs> to, feeling, to feeling almost weirdly like a ghost track. Hmm. <laughs> And I don't know how to feel about that. Me neither. Although what I would say, although I did also put down in my notes is, it feels weirdly like it would be featured in some kind of 90s teen movie. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say this. I don't think Brett does that bad. <laughs> it's we'll, not brilliant. We'll talk about who I think does the best. We'll talk, and it's coming up, actually. <laughs> Ah, uh, okay, so with that, chaps, I, one of my favourites, actually, is this, is the Brett one, because <laughs> it's just... Uh, no, but, like, but, like, the thing is, though, is that, like, at, in terms of production, it's pretty tight. The singing, if it, it, I think if it was sung, it would probably make it better, but it, it is okay as it is. Uh, and genuinely, in terms of the whole, like, <coughs> promo to music, spoken word slam jam thing... Yes. Slam poetry thing, I should really say. <laughs> you got slab jab of the brain. <laughs> it's probably the best version of that on this album. <laughs> like yeah. I said, it's like a wrestling version of Lou Reed, which is a terrifying <laughs> concept in my brain. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> oh, chaps. Okay. This is what I have been excited to talk about. Track Here's... six. <laughs> You know, I think, like, if I may... The floor is these, yours. The f there is, once you get into it, three tracks <laughs> in a big run, a trinity, a trilogy of tracks that, while not good, completely and utterly understand the assignment. Yes, correct. This is the first one for damn sure. All right. Yes. The Man in Black by The Undertaker. What do you do? What genre do you take for a undead mortician? And the best <laughs> way I can only describe it is, well, well, everything. 
<laughs> so, so I love how this starts. So it's a it's a it's a pretty pretty solid guitar solo. Yeah. Followed by the Undertaker saying, "The man in black is gonna tombstone just for you. Dance with the Taker. Rest in peace." And then Spooky Sips. <laughs> This alright, so there's there's really one thing I have to say about this, which is it feels like the sp- <coughs> it feels like the spooky level of a platformer made for kids on the N sixty four. Oh no 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 doubt this is the graveyard music for Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> New Jack Swing Spooky Sims. It's just like yes. Yeah, yeah, like, yes, yes, let me yes. let me say, right? You're doing a track for a guy whose gimmick is that he is dead and has come back to life. Correct. All I want to know is what I is... would genuinely have preferred if they just fucking ripped off Alice Cooper. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> But they didn't. <laughs> and that's what makes it better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like it's uh, like I do want to know who like went when they were going for the Undertaker. Like, what genre do we go for the Undertaker? I know New Jack Swing. That is what that is. That is absolutely what he gets. Like, I want to like know. Part, like the opening bit is obviously just aggressively dad rock. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, which I thought, you know, that makes sense. Okay, well, let's like, go. You know what? Like, you know, like okay, like we're going for something like Van Haleny. ACDC yeah. kind of pseudo glam dad rock. Like, okay, you know, I can I can vibe with some white snake. Like Can you though? Okay. No, not really, but like <laughs> for, the, for, for this for album. The purposes, this, the purposes of this argument, yes. Okay, fair. I was like, you know, I can I can vibe I can vibe with that. <laughs> Two seconds in, panning synth. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? What are we doing here? I would love to have seen your two's reactions when you heard the Sims kick. I just, yeah, I, was... I heard, I heard a panning synth and that opening line, mm-hmm. and went, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, it was confusion, Sam. It was utter fucking confusion. What guys? I want to know how do you slam jam death? Because take it just does not. <laughs> Not does the same nothing answer. except that and the man I mean, in black. He's the dead man, so he must know. I mean, yeah, he has the ability to slam jam death. Like, but you know, I assume it, that is part of his power. It gets better. I swear, this song gets better because then groove guitar comes in, gets incorporated yes. in the song. But the cherry on top, the the piece de resistance of this song is the <laughs> nod. Yes, is the nod yeah. to Bach's iconic composition. Oh. I was like, there it is. I couldn't believe. They really went. You know what? Like, let's just get. Let's just get no. the fucking box funerary in there. We've got to do it. And yeah, like, it was. I really. It really felt like a. If we don't do this, we're gonna get fired. <laughs> like, I I understand why they did it, but also I always say, look, <clears throat> you don't have to use every single musical idea you have. <laughs> and there's a good reason for that and it's to stop shit like this <laughs> but they didn't they went for it they fucking went because, for it and now this is going to feel like a really random thing but when I was listening to this and I, I <laughs> can you tell I came at this with my with my real musical brain capped on because I came back to some of these tracks more than once <laughs> 
And I shit you not, I was listening to this like for maybe a second or third listening, and I yeah. found myself singing in my head Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what, you're right. In my head, I was just inserting Inspector Gadget into various bits of riffs and lines, and I was like, this works perfectly. Yeah, that mm, that's terrifying, and yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, and then man. it like, and then like towards the end, it becomes some like future funk fever dream. <laughs> yeah, I. It, this is an example of uh, a thing I do come off, I do come across quite often in terms, which is doing too much. <laughs> Yes. There's yes. so much going going on across this in like the three and a half minute span. In terms yes. of like changes from like the start to the end. They just took every idea that they like, had for the Undertaker song and go, fuck it, we'll just do everything. It, no, it feels yes. like seven people wrote a song and they're like, we need to get bits of everything, every seven idea. <laughs> all seven of our ideas need to be in there. Would you yes. believe it was only three people that wrote that song? <laughs> That's... Which means they were having two ideas per person, God. and that's too much. <laughs> that is credited to Gary Miller, Mike Stock, and Pete Waterman, because of course... Yeah, like... there's, 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 there's honestly just so much going on in it, and it is, like, disorienting. <laughs> but, God damn it, as Rin said, they understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah, but that isn't... That isn't like uh, we. I'm excited for the next one. I'm oh excited. man, I am excited for this one as well. All right, we get on to track number seven. Macho Man, Randy Savage, speaking <laughs> from the heart. Unfortunately, this isn't a rap song from the Macho Man. Which, now that I think about it, we should maybe review Macho Man's rap album in the future. We should. We, really <laughs> we should. We but should. this we really is should. a a your generic as we got here stock Waterman pop song. Oh my god. Macho Man okay, on top okay. fucking four me. Okay, okay. This is yes, I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> Literally macho my notes man. are all of his lyrics. <laughs> the Macho Man. I don't know why I'm so surprised. <laughs> but I was. And Macho Man Randy Savage. God bless this man forever and ever. <laughs> completely understood the completely understood the assignment and does the best <laughs> performance of the entire album. Bar none. Hands the monkey. Oh yeah. He so, managed to get the, that from, off. From from the start of the track, Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour. Funky like a monkey. I was like, we're in for a banger. <laughs> and it legitimate. I it is it's it's terrible, but it slaps. I, it I, slaps so much. I, do you know what my favorite? Do you know my favorite thing about this track is what you know how I said like the Bret Hart one is like wrestling Lou Reed. Yes, this is like wrestling slam poetry. Yes, it is. It, nothing and... about nothing about this on its own makes sense, except within its own contained package. Am I the yes. only one that's mad that thinks that the chorus actually complements Macho's verses really well? No, <laughs> no, no in a I... weird way though it does. No, you're right. You're right. That's the thing. You're absolutely right. That's what gets me. It's uh, like I love the fact that they also incorporated pomp and circumstance to the song as well, because of course they had to, because it's Macho Man. Because, <laughs> because honestly, the only the only issues I have with this are that there's like 
the kind of airy backing vocals that sound chintzy as all hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, they are just, like, so aggressively off their time, I hate it. But, and and also, for some reason, the, those vocals obviously put in, they almost make the Macho Man sound like he's part of an infomercial. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, but that's... Like, they're like, he's the macho man. And I'm like, what, is this like a home cleaning product or something? <laughs> um, but let me just say, this is the kind of insanity that only Randy Savage can get away with. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He starts he listing off the with. fucking planets at the end of the season. No, it's but, but so I, good. I, I, I don't care. It's, though, it's so good. the best fucking thing ever. I don't care. The fucking line... Venus, Pluto, Saturn. Saturn. Yeah. Oh, oh that's gonna, that is going to live forever in my mind. Saturn. Saturn. That is the greatest way I've ever heard that anyone in my life say the name of that planet, and it will stay with me forever. Yes. Saturn. Saturn. Unbelievable. Also, Incredible. And now, by the end, I feel like they almost turn randy savage into like the messiah <laughs> they, 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 he, he just starts he just starts cut he just starts cutting lines that are just like philosophy yes he does i <laughs> i mean if you if you, he heard, start, if you heard he just, the he just, start, he just starts spitting truth if you like, heard the I'm demo like, there's not even anything wrong if you heard the demo tapes you would hear randy having a very thoughtful conversation with the producers have you heard about gender politics oh yeah i you know what whether he is off or on i would legitimately love to hear his thoughts on trans rights i don't know what the hell that is but um, it'd be interesting just like <laughs> It's like just towards the end of the song, he's just doing these lines, and they're all just like inspirational talk. And I'm just like, what is going on? But it works. It's it totally works. works. Oh, uh, uh, like, it's like, such a genuinely, good song. This is them. You just give them, like, you give them Randy Savage, and you go in with an expectation. And I like to believe that Randy Savage led the creative process on this. Oh, absolutely. yes, yes, absolutely. Because I refuse to believe that Stock Aitken and Waterman could actually accurately understand the mind that is Randy Savage. There's no way that they pulled this off. And, no as, we, and as we know very well, um, the Macho Man is a very big music guy. Yep. Listens to a lot of music and listen to a lot of music for a lot of his career as we said so, man had a rap album man had a rap album at 50 cent at the release as well just so, just incredible so we go for that <laughs> and then we go for the other one ah here we go the next song track eight Tatanka with Tatanka okay. native american okay let me, so, let me i'm playing this off by saying i don't care this track feels like a microaggression. It fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. I literally the moment I heard it, I had to immediately look up. Was okay. Is he Native American? <laughs> like Tiger is Native American. Yeah, yeah. I had no, that was I the don't first care. thing. It still I did. feels like a microaggression. Oh, it absolutely. Oh, it it is a microaggression right from the start. We get the Native American charting, and then it's a gunshot to start the song. And then like, literally for three minutes, ladies and gents, it is nothing but. Tatanka! Buffalo! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, 
Oh my god. You know, however, this... however, <laughs> despite this, in terms of actual musicality, I call this the best one. Yeah, I call it the best one. I'm sorry, I have to call it the best one. I I love this that 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 Stock and Waterman just was so, like just took all the voice clips and just like you know what we're just gonna throw everything at the song, because my favorite bit of this is it's when it goes to Dunker in the World Wrestling Federation Buffalo, <laughs> to Dunker in the World Wrestling Federation Buffalo. <laughs> See now what I like about this is that this is where our opinions have diverged because I okay. despise this. <laughs> okay. Now I understand. I disagree though. <laughs> I I actually just like of like again, in like a production sense, it is it is competently put together. But also, and now hear me out on this, it sounds like an all-white school making a production that involves a Native American character. You are entirely correct. <laughs> Which makes it even more confusing about the fact that, again, Tatanka is a Native American. <laughs> I remember, guys, Tatanka does mean buffalo in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> This is and the like... problem. It becomes that 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 little clip of just hearing Tatanka in the World Wrestling Federation Buffalo is stuck in my fucking head. It is. It, it is. It is just like full. And again, like that line as a thing in itself, the cut off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did not like that. No. And also, again, the the uh, I believe the rapping guy appears again in yes, this. He does. He does. Oh, he does. Again, he's like the only semi-consistent theme in this album. <laughs> I still want to know who this is. If anyone has this information, please. Oh, please. Let me, please, know, who, please, please. Let me know who who was behind that. That is but all like, I've Honestly, got... <laughs> this, this track felt like a fever dream. This is That is all I have and to that's say about that. Coming, coming into this from the Macho Man track. Yes. Oh. I don't know what I was expecting, but man... It wasn't this. This was just not it. I, I did not like it. I, you know what? It's fair. It's fair enough. I disagree, though. I think it is. I think it's the. It's it's now now. <laughs> is it offensive? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. You will never get me saying it isn't. However, I I don't know what to tell you. Music is objective. I I kind of think it. it actually sort of slaps even the terrible even the terrible rapping i honestly think he does a good job on this one i like it's it's bad basically the next party but we're gonna does... be at reardon's gonna be requesting and you just be weird and just going around at the party going Dunga, buffalo i mean i might like every person that invites the three of us to a party from this point yeah that's 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 true oh. we, will, we will we will have become beings of too much power yes so much power and don't forget we've still got stuff like pile driver left to review yes we do yes yes <laughs> all right do. then chaps i'm quickly moving on to uh to yeah. the personal favorite well, of well, mine to... <laughs> Oh, okay. This is where, yeah, we are really, we are really going all over the shop now because I do not like this song. I at know, all. right? For, 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 all, for all. all of the good Let reasons, I like this. this. <laughs> Let me say this: Why is the intro to this so top heavy? It really, yeah, yeah. All the budget into like the first ten seconds, and then nothing else. Yep. <laughs> it's basically just sampling Mr. Perfect's theme, and that is just on loop this entire song. 
Like, it is so aggressively top hat. You get hit with, like, a bunch of textures and a bunch of sounds and, like, a bunch of samples and then just nothing. The reason I like this Reardon so much is yes, that you can audibly hear Kurt Hennig fucking corpsing during this. So the first line he has goes, What you're looking at right here is Mr. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They should have had Mr. Perfect rapping on it, or using his country tones, like we would have seen later on in his career. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, mm. the West Texas rednecks. <laughs> Despite mean, the fact the fan, the man's from Minnesota. This. Yeah, I mean, basically, the thing I had to say about this is, again, the intro is incredibly top-heavy, and then you get nothing, and all it is, it takes good inspiration from its source material, and it has crisp string samples. That's about it. Oh, may I add as well, it just goes from, it goes, it's just Mr. Perfect, I'm perfect, it's the chorus, and, it's, and then at the end of each chorus, you just hear a chipper, 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 <laughs> fucking DJ scratch. And then, and then they start using fucking Hanna-Barbera sound effects at the end of it, because I'm perfect, boing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That reason is, is why this is one of my personal favourites, because this is all over the fucking shop. <laughs> oh, it could be worse. It could be Tatanka and Buffalo. <laughs> now, would you believe, guys, that this wasn't written by Stock or Waterman, but written by Dave Ford? <laughs> Okay. Respect, respectfully, if that this was the bit that this guy had to contribute, we need to have a conversation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> respectfully, to quote the infamous tweet, this guy is spitting straight ice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so, I don't know if you two were able to hear it, but I, I got the chance to actually, I don't know how I managed to find it, but I got to ma listen to Cold Crush by you uh, found it. I Crush. So, yeah, yeah, so okay. I, got, I got screwed over. I tried finding it. This was the UK exclusive song, and we can't find it online. Yeah, yeah, I tried typing in Crush, Cold Crush, and it came up, and then I, tr and it came up, and it, we all going back full circle. It came up with Brian Adams. Only Brian Adams could not find the song son at of, all. Son of a bitch. Okay, so I wasn't able to get the song, right? But I was able to find a small snippet of it. <laughs> so right. this song is nothing but a kind of three so minutes of Crush as a motivational speaker, talking about how life was great in Hawaii, how much he loves it, and tells now, kids not just, to just, take just, drugs. Just, just think about this, right? This is a track f as a special track for the UK, and he's talking about being from Hawaii. Ah, aloha, everybody. It's gonna crush it. <laughs> it's literally how it starts. Like, and I also I saw the bit from, like, Brian Zane, where he's saying, like, he just says mahalo a bunch of times. Yes, aloha, like, mahala. <laughs> I'm just like, why? What? What is this? You know what makes me even laugh even more, um, Reardon? Yes. Is that Crush's actual name is Brian Adams? Yeah, I know. That's what's fucking. That's what's fucking up the algorithm because I can't find it for love nor money. Like it is impossible. This yeah, I can't. I really don't have much to say about this song. Other than it's just, it is basically a motivational speech. <laughs> it's, it's all it is. 
all it is. So I will go over to my personal favorite, but only because it just sampled the man's theme song. It is Hard Times by the Big Boss Man. Now, honestly, I can't listen to the Big Boss Man's theme anymore and, uh, without hearing New Legacy's Jericho say, Big Boss Man, I'll make you come. Yep. Yeah. Now, here's the thing I'm going to say about this, guys. This is the most competent one, but only because, and I'll say this, they injected a little bit of Jimmy Hart in it. Because Jimmy Hart uh, wrote Hard Times, and they just basically remixed sense. Hard Times, and that's why this song is probably the best one out of the entire album. Yeah, it, it's a coherent song because it was already a coherent song. <laughs> if you ever find yourself in Cobb County, Georgia. <laughs> so I just can't help it now. Every time I hear Hard Times, <laughs> you'll be serving Hard Times. Again, drums. There, the drum samples, the synths, they were all there, complimented the song well. It would have been amazing if we got Stock Waterman and Jimmy Hart to do an album, because I think it would have sounded... That probably would have been, like, you know, vaguely sound like it was put together properly. Exactly! Exactly! I don't know, I mean, my main thing with this is, like, A, for some reason it feels weirdly like a TV theme song. Yes. Does it really like it, does? It could just be like the the theme to a cop show, which I guess is accurate. Oh, could you imagine a big Although, boss man cop show? <laughs> but then also, like the thing is, is it feels like and I'm still in like wrestling times here. Again, it's that thing of like, <laughs> hey, remember when someone being a cop was like a was meant to be like a face thing? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And like, also, like, and also like... though, this is the big boss man who I'm fairly sure was heel for pretty much all his career. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, it is actually very uncomfortable with some of these lines. Yeah, yes. oh, Christ, yeah, it is. It, uh, again, like, I... This is, like, well, we're saying 1993 by way of 19... 1993 by way of 1986. <laughs> and it's, like, it's, like, man, so the, the cop being a face was a thing. <laughs> Funny, that. Funny, that. <laughs> Mm. 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 <laughs> so no honestly the only thing about that is it's basically his theme song it's competent <coughs> it's cohesive it's not too flippant as silly as it is probably it's why it makes it the best song on the yeah, entire it, album it, it is like you know it, it feel it feels like uh, it is a perfectly fine song that's been just like redone in this like kind of particular way but off, but, the problem. but, but his... it feel it feels very it feels like very kind of TV theme sitcomish. It's all solid. It's mixed fairly well. There's like a bit where the bass just like comes up really high in the mix. But mm-hmm. like you know, it was the eighties. Well, it was nineteen ninety three, but they were stuck in the eighties. <laughs> um, Here's the problem, though. I I feel like definitely with this album, the more the the closer they get to competency, the less I enjoy it. I'm sorry. So yeah, it may be the best song, but we both we all know that Macho Man Randy Savage speaking from the heart is the best song without a doubt on this. Okay, so here's the thing, thing. right? It it is the most competent song. But the yes. problem is though, is that we felt like we've been on crack the entire time. Yes. Yes. And this feels like you've been like you spent your entire time on crack and then someone's gone, Oh, have you had a coffee before? That yeah, yeah. That that that's pretty much it. You've spent and... all this time being in fucking wacky woohoo land. I mean, I was getting I was with... getting the shakes from flipping USA, and then <laughs> with like with like 
all the stuff that's been happening before, and then you get to this, and you're like, oh, it's normal. <laughs> or as normal as it can be. Just thank your lucky so stars. It, just, of the... <laughs> it, it almost feels weirdly out of place, because everything is so strange. <laughs> it's so strange. But that... Just... God. That chaps was WrestleMania the album. Now that you've listened to it, do you really want your time back after that? You know, God help me, I don't regret it. <laughs> no, the thing is though, in like it was awful, and yes, terrible, bad, terrible, there, terrible. There, there are many, many pieces of music that I could have put my time better into. For example, listening to the new Ghost release. Yes, as it sh- as um, r- right time well spent. But, um, like, well, I'm not going to pretend there's, like, hidden gems. <laughs> no! No! Uh, uh, no. Yeah, no! I'm not going to pretend, like, there's anything like that. What I'm going to say is, there is some interesting stuff in here. You know what, this not, album... Not, not, but not, not even that it's necessarily for a good reason... There just is some interesting stuff in here that I think would appeal to a very, very specific kind of person. <laughs> you know, and that, that, ladies, gentlemen, and MVs, is Simon Cowell. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, so I don't know that... <clears throat> I don't know that everyone will know about this story or, un- or understand it completely, so I'll try my best to explain it. <clears throat> I can't remember who it was. She was like a reality TV star or something. Mm. Back in like the late 90s, early 2000s or something. Mm-hmm. Way after the fact of her being famous, she released an album for whatever reason. Mm. And it was like panned or to, or to hell. Mm. Like people were like, this is like the worst thing. Like this is awful. But then weirdly it got picked up by like, avant-garde electronic musicians yes yes i know who you're talking about um, i know and i like, can't remember it, what's... it became like uh it, it you know it gets like referenced as being like the start of like progression towards things like hyperpop <laughs> and like and like modern like kind of anti-capitalist electronic music are you trying to say that wrestlemania the album will spur a new genre of music i don't think it will <laughs> but like what? in but like but like in a very but like in a very weird kind of <laughs> mindset i think there's some stuff in here that could that could be taken for some tiny 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 bit of merit Okay, so we're calling. This I'm talking li- like I'm talking like one part per billion, <laughs> so, but like something. So we're calling this new genre New Jack Slam. <laughs> I was gonna go oh. with wrestlecore, but wrestlecore. <laughs> you know, see, Dan has the correct answer, but. New Jack Slam is 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 my answer. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dan. I gotta go. I gotta go. No, no, I gotta no, go. Sam on this one. Right, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I really want to find who this was. So, whilst that, whilst you do find that, Dan, 
ultimately, with the conclusion of this, I can now fully understand why Simon Cow has a terrible taste in music. <laughs> yeah, oh. can we? I want to know what his contribution was to all this. He, I really want to know. Executive producer. So he was the person that was the he was kind of the one that spearheaded and I guess part funded the the album being made. Hmm. Mm. Um, Intriguing. I've... Ah, I found it. You found it. It was my. It was my teenage dream ended by Farrah Abraham. Oh crumbs! Yes. That oh gosh, her. That got kicked up and became like this weird avant-garde. Wasn't she the one that was in sixteen and pregnant? I believe. Oh, I've got no idea. I have something. I, have I, I think no this idea. name sounds familiar, vaguely familiar, even though I never watched that curse of a show. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Simon Cow was the one that kind of, I guess, was the one that funded this entire operation. Little did we all know that this wouldn't be his only contribution to wrestling, because he did actually produce a song for Hulk Hogan. Was that with the whole wrestling band thing? Yes. <laughs> so it wasn't as if... I also believe that Simon Cowell also did something for the Power Rangers as well at one point. Hmm. There you go. Is is do you reckon this would work as a piece of criticism for this as well? <laughs> Consider it either a zero out of five or a five out of five, depending on your perspective, tolerance, and general sanity. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is that. That's it. That's the thing. That's that's it. That's right there. And yeah. That, that's it. That is the sound bite that we are going to end this episode on because I don't <laughs> want to go any further now talking about WrestleMania. We're done. We're over the hill. We don't have to talk about WrestleMania the album ever again. <laughs> I wish. That's a lie. I wish I shut my fucking mouth when I suggested this. You, you, your eyes were too big for your stomach, weren't they, baby boy? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank goodness that on the next, next episode, continuing on the road to WrestleMania, oh yeah, we go from one extreme to the other, as we're going to be talking about what is uh, arguably, for a lot of wrestling fans, the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, we're going to be reviewing WrestleMania 17, aren't we? <laughs> Why the fuck at this point? I hope that you guys are ready for me to spend ten, 10 actual real life minutes talking about Raven versus Kane versus Big Show. I wholeheartedly am excited for you to do that like, because that match. Like, oh. <laughs> dead, like dead ass. I am going to be going on and on about that match the entire time and there's nothing you can do to stop me also legit might be one of our longest look backs and like retrospectives on what the world was like at the time because by god was this one of the most like pivotal moments in professional wrestling in its entire history (laughs) because in the span of two weeks we went from three major american companies to just one and of course everyone knows the go home show but we'll get to that we'll get to that on the next episode so oh god all that's left for me to say is i've been sam this has been dan and reardon and you've been listening to wrestlemania the album the sweet chinwig podcast special hell yeah <laughs> we'll hell see you as yeah. always on the next one wham bam thank you bab from the macho man <laughs> Incredible. Incredible.